kinds of corruption. I mean, we just keep getting word of it every single day. Now, this time we're learning about Bob Menendez for the second time in a decade. <laughs> the guy is being uh, charged with all kinds of corruption stuff. I, I can't wait to talk to you about this. Meanwhile, what do we know about Hunter Biden? Seems that Hunter Biden, well, the, these allegations, folks, these are very, very real. And I'm telling you, this is why... It, it, this is why impeachment and an impeachment inquiry is so incredibly important right now. A third IRS agent has now come forward saying that there were officials in the way at the DOJ preventing David Weiss and the IRS from following through with charges that they wanted to go after Hunter Biden with in Southern California. Wow. And, well, not to be outdone, <laughs> there's chatter now that Michelle Obama is really serious. And you have a major GOP figure saying he anticipates absolutely that Michelle Obama is going to be running for president in place, in place of Joe Biden in 2024. I'd say they've got a little paperwork to do. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. I am Trish Regan. Good to have you here. As always, it's a live edition of the show. So thank you for tuning in. Make sure if you have not, make sure that you do subscribe to the program. It's really, really important. Let me see if I can put this little subscribe button up there for you. For those of you that don't see it, uh, just hit the subscribe if you're watching on if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching uh, right here, well, you can see it right there. Uh, maybe we can do it in a brighter color, shall we, guys? Shall we? Can I manage that? Maybe not. Okay, now it's just a brighter white. Anyway, do me the favor, if you would, of making sure that you subscribe and that you hit the bell. It is pretty important. Anyway, let's get to all the news of the day. Michelle Obama, so this is interesting. We have Ted Cruz coming out with some explosive commentary he made on his podcast this week, and he's basically saying, that he is absolutely positive at this point in time that Michelle Obama will be running in place of Joe Biden. Now, we know Joe Biden, of course, is suffering. He's had repeated mishaps. I mean, he keeps falling. It's one of the first things they actually say with dementia, if in fact that is what he has. One of the first signs is all that falling, forgetting where you are in your speech. It happens repeatedly, of course, to poor Mr. Biden. But, you know, this is something that really, I think at some point they're going to have to say they may have a problem on their hands. And because they have a problem on their hands, they may now need to look at, of course, putting someone else in. And who's waiting in the wings? Ted Cruz says that person is Michelle Obama. Now, before everybody goes, oh, my gosh, it's over. And, and he's saying, by the way, Ted is saying, Look, she could be a formidable candidate, and I don't want to dismiss her as that. I think she would be an absolutely formidable candidate. But we also know what Democrat economic policies have brought us, including a UAW strike that's getting worse instead of better, including major inflation that's getting worse instead of better, including a lousy economy under Barack Obama that we had for eight years, where we had Zippo in the way of growth, thank you very much, and you had the rich getting richer, and the poor doing okay because there were all those handouts. It was just a squeeze on the middle class that we saw during Obama, that we saw during Biden. In fact, I would argue that until COVID, until that dark day in March 2020, what you were actually seeing under the previous administration, the Trump administration, was a real growth in median wages. So the economic policies, I just say, hey, no contest. What about star power? Look, she's different than her husband. I mean, they may both be extremely organized, but Michelle Obama, I mean... Can you come up with a more sort of polarizing figure? I mean, maybe Clinton, right? Hillary Clinton, yes, we could say Hillary Clinton definitely was polarizing. Like people were mobilized to go vote against 
Hillary Clinton in 2016. In fact, the campaign manager for Donald Trump actually told me in some ways a vote for Trump was not just a vote for Trump, but it was a vote against Hillary Clinton. And so part of the success for the Democrats in 2020 was that they ran a guy that nobody even saw that they figured, well, he can't, he can't be that bad, right? He can't be that polarizing. I kept warning everybody. I said his policy stinks. It really does. He doesn't know the first thing about policy. He's not very bright. We're going to wind up in a pretty bad situation. Well, indeed, we are in a bad situation. And I would say that while Barack Obama may be smart, I'm not, I'm not sure on her. I think she doesn't necessarily hold this country in, in very high regard. I mean, we can go back to all the tape of the times that she's effectively told us that, right? She doesn't really like America in the same way that you would think somebody who's running for office should or would. So those will be some hurdles for her to overcome. But interestingly, Ted Cruz is not the only one saying this because we heard recently from the guy who wrote her book, a biography on her. This is a gentleman who is convinced, like Ted Cruz, that she's going to be running in 2024. Let me share with you. I've played this for some of you in the past, but I want to share it again. This is his thought on how she's doing everything very methodically, much like her husband did in preparation for 2024, and that they're going to use the excuse of Biden's poor health in order to get her there on the ticket. It would be pretty amazing. I mean, I mean, there's some filing deadlines that I'm not sure she's going to make. They're, they're going to have to make up their minds pretty darn soon. Otherwise, one would think by default, would it not go to Kamala Harris? And wouldn't Kamala be pretty darn you know what if it doesn't happen? Anyway, here's the biographer here for Michelle Obama. Listen to his take. Uh, the allegations uh, that have come out in the media in the last few weeks really were around for years. David Garrow's book that had the quote where Obama said he makes love to men and his imagination came out several years ago. And of course, Larry Sinclair was uh, from way back in 2008. So the fact that these are coming to the surface tells you that uh, I think there's something going on in Obama world. And I make the case that I believe that Joe Biden is on his way out. I think that's pretty much the consensus. Nobody really believes he'll be the candidate in 2024 because of health, because of corruption, because of his terrible record. And I make the case in my film and book that Michelle has been pretty much copying Barack Obama's path to the White House. Barack had a voter registration organization in Chicago called Project Vote before he ran for president. Michelle founded something called When We All Vote that's supported by the Soros Group for 26 million bucks. She's been running around the country registering people for several years. Great. Barack wrote two autobiographies, Dreams from My Father and The Audacity of Hope. Sure enough, Michelle wrote two autobiographies, Becoming and the light we carry, they're also on Netflix as, as TV specials. And of course, Barack was the keynote speaker who introduced John Kerry at the 2004 Democrat convention. Uh, sure enough, Michelle introduced Joe Biden at the 2020 Democrat convention. Yeah. All right. So that, by the way, was brought to us uh, by Greg Stinchfield. Stinchfield. Anyway, Michelle Obama, 2024. I mean, I, I just don't, I, I can see it happening. I agree with Cruz. It's quite possible because they know Kamala can't do it, right? And they think maybe Michelle can because she has the hubby's background and he's super organized and she's doing everything from the same exact playbook. But, but there is the likability factor. And I do think that that really matters in politics. I say this all the time. It's the reason why I never thought Ron DeSantis could really, you know, hit the ground running because he didn't have that sort of je ne sais quoi that you need, that likability factor. And one of the, you know, the things about Trump is, and by the way, he's super polarizing as well. Don't get me wrong. 
but he had the ability to connect with your everyday average American in ways that you don't see Michelle Obama being able to do or Barack Obama being to do or Hillary Clinton being able to do. Bill Clinton had it. You know, I, I would say, uh, you know, there's a lot of politics. Ronald Reagan had it. I mean, the most successful politicians in history all do have that certain je ne sais quoi. DeSantis, no can do. And Michelle, she may have star power, but again, star power doesn't necessarily translate into likability. And people have to be able to trust you. If you do not trust who is running the country, then where are you left? I mean, there are people that so thoroughly trust Donald Trump. There are some people that so thoroughly don't trust him as well, right? Just a reminder to everybody. There we go. That's the subscribe button that I was looking for. I, you know, what am I doing trying to bring this on myself? Anyway, if you haven't subscribed to the show, it's really important. Hit the bell so that you know when I'm here. We're live every single day. And I love seeing your comments. So continue keeping those coming, guys. Uh, I, I'm curious. What do, you, what do you think? Do you think Michelle Obama would really have a shot of winning the election against Donald Trump. See, I look at this and I say, you've got to be realistic. So you never, ever, ever say, hey, you know, this is easy. It's not. But if one has a choice, she's probably, you know, up there in my top five of who I'd want to run against. Again, because she just can't help but put her foot in her mouth over and over again. I covered both Obama campaigns. I ran the political coverage back in 2012 when he was running for president at Bloomberg Television. And I remember how much they tried to hide her, right? They needed to keep her out of everyone's line of sight because people were not responding to her warmly. They didn't like her. And somehow everything she said turned into a disaster. And I I wouldn't forget that. So I think that Michelle Obama would have an incredibly difficult time. I do think, however, the organization thing is a biggie. And she and her husband were always able to grab the bull by the horns and control the narrative. I mean, they might have done so through a lot of back channels, as we're now learning, not necessarily out in front like Donald Trump. Hey, you know, you, CNN, I don't want to talk to you, CNN, because you're a corrupt news organization. You remember how he would do that? He would do that very much to their faces. It was wild. I mean, just absolutely wild to watch. But in his defense, he wasn't like sneaking around behind closed doors and trying to actually muzzle the press. And we've gotten evidence of exactly that happening, certainly in this Biden administration. I mean, what do you think the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing that you couldn't talk about was about? What do you think the letter just the other day that the administration, the council, the White House council sent to all the news organizations saying, hey, you have to remember there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence for this impeachment inquiry. Okay, but we're trying to get some evidence. And right now, the evidence certainly does suggest Little Hunter was up to no good. Little Hunter was selling the influence of his dad. And he can't do that any more than Nadine Menendez can sell her husband's influence there in New Jersey. News today that the senator from New Jersey... Bob Menendez and his wife, Nadine, have been indicted on bribery charges. And this is pretty wild. I mean, you're talking about $500,000 worth of cash and gold and mortgage payments in exchange for a positive treatment for the, the country of Egypt. Wow. I mean, they found gold bars. They found cash 
like 480 some odd thousand dollars there in their home in New Jersey in envelopes. And they found gold in safe deposit box, like bars of gold. I mean, this is, <laughs> ah, reminder, by the way, we are brought to you by, in part, LegacyPMInvestments.com. If you're interested in investing in gold the right way, not the Menendez way, make sure you go check them out. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Their number is one 589 one But anyway, take a look. This is some of what they have uncovered, as well as the gold bars, pretty wild stuff. Here's the U.S. attorney with the charges. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming. My name is Damian Williams, and I'm the United States attorney here in the Southern District of New York. Today, I'm announcing that my office has obtained a three-count indictment charging Senator Robert Menendez, his wife Nadine Menendez, and three New Jersey businessmen, while Hannah, Jose Uribe, and Fred Davies for bribery offenses. And what's wild is, like, it's not the first time. This is the second time in two years. And according to this indictment, no sooner had Menendez gotten off because there was a mistrial on a hung jury that the same year he allegedly went out and started peddling his influence all over again back in 2018. I mean, is this how these guys make their money? I mean, I realize it doesn't pay being a senator. Joe Biden certainly didn't make a lot of money, right, as a senator all those years, unless he did in other ways. We're going to get to that in just a second because there is now a third IRS agent that has come out and said the Justice Department is in the way, was in the way of them proceeding with their indictment of Hunter Biden. Wow. Anyway, maybe this is maybe this is how these politicians make money. Again, we're not much better off than any of those banana republics out there. Right, because everybody's got a handout. This is crazy, though. I mean, to do so so brazenly, if indeed this is true. One also has to wonder, however, like how much of this is meant to be sort of the dog and pony show. Oh, look at this bright, shiny object over here. Can we stop talking about Hunter? Can we stop talking about Hunter? Because look, look, look over here. Look at what Menendez did. If anything, for me, it just creates a larger story, a story of corruption that needs to be told and needs to be understood and needs to be discovered. All the more reason why we do need that indictment to move forward with the president's son for it to include illegal foreign lobbying. I mean, for not, if nothing else, the guy didn't register. My question is, just what was he doing in conjunction with his father? But back to Mr. Menendez here and his wife, Nadine, who were certainly up to no good. I want you to hear some more charges. This is Dave, David Williams. He is the U.S. attorney bringing these charges. His office is there in the U.S. Southern District of New York. Let's listen in. Let me say a little bit more about the conduct that's alleged in the indictment. The indictment alleges that Senator Menendez took several actions as part of this corrupt relationship. First, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence, including his leadership role on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, to benefit the government of Egypt in various ways. Among other actions, Senator Menendez allegedly provided sensitive, non-public U.S. government information to Egyptian officials and otherwise took steps to secretly aid the government of Egypt. We also allege that Senator Menendez improperly pressured a senior official at the U.S. Department of Agriculture to protect a lucrative monopoly that the government of Egypt had awarded to HANA, a lucrative monopoly that HANA then used to fund certain bribe payments. Second, 
the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence to try to disrupt a criminal investigation and prosecution undertaken by the New Jersey Attorney General's Office related to an associate and a relative of Uribe. Hmm. Third, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence to try to disrupt a federal prosecution of Davies in the District of New Jersey in two ways. First, by seeking to install a United States attorney who he thought could be influenced with respect to Davies. And second, by trying to influence that office to act favorably in Davies' case. And as we allege in the indictment, the senator agreed to do these things and use his power in this way because Hanna was paying bribes, because Uribe was paying bribes, and because Davies was paying bribes. Fortunately, the public officials the senator sought to influence did not bend to the pressure. That's a good thing. Now, as part of this investigation, special agents with the FBI executed search warrants on the residence and safe deposit box of Senator Menendez, Listen to what they Menendez found. in New Jersey. When they got there, they discovered approximately $500,000 of cash <laughs> stuffed into envelopes and closets. Who has that in their home? Some of the cash was stuffed in the senator's jacket pockets. Some of the cash, some of the envelopes of cash contained Davies' fingerprints or Davies' DNA. That's not all. Agents also discovered a lot of gold. Gold that was provided by Davies and Hunter. And the FBI, of course, found the Mercedes-Benz that Uribe had provided them. Mm. Now, the items that the FBI uncovered are discussed in the indictment, which I encourage all of you to read carefully. It's 39 pages. I've read it. It gets into, it was actually a Mercedes, a convertible Mercedes worth some $60,000 that he got from Uribe, according to this indictment. You're talking about all this money in gold and cash. I mean, 480 some odd thousand dollars, like stuffed in envelopes throughout the house. What kind of operation is this for goodness sakes? I mean, who are these people running our government? It is disgusting. It is unacceptable. We know Hunter Biden I'm jumping here between Menendez and the Bidens, but I think there's some kind of link because I think they've all sort of figured out how to make government work for them. Hunter Biden, for goodness sakes, picking up 11 million bucks. Not my word. Go back and look at all the records. NBC News did. That was their headline. $11 million from Ukraine over a some four-year time horizon. So he was collecting big from Ukraine, doing so illegally. Obviously, the wife in this case was being used as a bit of a conduit for Menendez. She wasn't registered as a foreign lobbyist, just like Hunter Biden wasn't registered as a foreign lobbyist. Not to mention that Barack Obama, whose wife may be running soon for president, Barack Obama actually had a rule, no one's allowed to actually lobby because he didn't want family members of his administration doing that. Why? Because maybe he knew Hunter was a drug addict and was up to no good. I mean, I'm sorry. That's, that's all proven, right? He got kicked out of the military for cocaine, for goodness sakes. And then he's the one that's out there touting his dad, talking about how in nine, this is like, this is an interview. This is actually from what, 2019 that is quoted recently in the New York times. It comes from the New Yorker. And he was talking all about how he's the only one that could talk to his dad. I mean, all the officials, you know, he's the one that whispers in his ear. So this was his marketing play, right? This is what he was doing all along, which is why so much money was going back and forth between his companies, his companies, 
and all of these foreign companies overseas, all interestingly somehow in the energy business, over in Ukraine, over in Romania, over in China. This is bad stuff. And yet this administration, when I talk about how they want to muzzle our First Amendment and muzzle our speech, that's exactly what they did. I mean, they sent out a letter from 51 ex-spies, including the former deputy director of the CIA, saying that that laptop that you heard about ahead of the election was nothing but a bunch of misinformation brought to you courtesy of Rudy Giuliani straight from Russia. I mean, come on. And now it turns out it's all true. So what are we supposed to believe here? What are we supposed to believe? They think that they can, you know, wave the Menendez thing around and maybe this will make the Biden stuff go away. No, it won't. And let me tell you what's going on with Biden. A third, a third IRS whistleblower has now come out. I mean, this is just unbelievable stuff, unbelievable stuff. And this third whistleblower is now alleging that, you know what? They couldn't get anything through because everybody was standing in the way. They wanted to go forward with tax charges in California, but what do you know? They couldn't do so. IRS Director of Field Operations, Michael Batdorf, he told the House Ways and Means Committee earlier this month, this just being revealed today, that U.S. Attorney E. Martin Estrada of the Central District of California had declined to partner with Weiss on the case, forcing him to look elsewhere. Apparently, the Delaware prosecutor, that would be David Weiss, who's now the special counsel, revealed the setback to Mr. Batdorf. And the IRS special agent in charge, Darren Walden, in a December 22 phone call. This is according to a transcript that's been made uh, available of Batdorf's September 12th interview. And uh, various entities have been reporting on this because this is pretty, pretty significant. You know, they're trying to say... Nobody remembers this happening. Nobody can remember David Weiss saying that even though the whistleblower, Gary Shapley, was in a meeting in 2022 and actually took down very, very meticulous notes and then emailed everybody the next day. And part of those notes included the fact that Weiss said, you know, basically he couldn't move any more, that it was out of his hands. And so there were these obstacles that everybody inferred as being the DOJ in the way. In other words, political issues. But let me quote what Mr. Batdorf said of the conversation that he had with David Weiss. And that is, quote, he just said that they had declined and he had to make the decision on where he was going to go. So they had declined. They did not want to move forward. And so now what is the special, he's now special counsel. What was the, the prosecutor supposed to do? I mean, somehow it's totally fine that you just don't pay $2.2 million worth of taxes that you, you spend all your money on. Well, uh, let's like Gary Shapley explain what the money was spent on. I don't even like having to say these words. Here we go. Shapley was a lead IRS supervisory agent in Operation Sportsman the investigation into Hunter Biden. Shapley said he uncovered conduct that warranted more serious charges. There were personal expenses that were taken as business expenses. Prostitutes, sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. How much did Hunter Biden owe in taxes? So from 2014 to 2019, it was $2.2 million. And you know what's crazy? Hunter Biden is so mad about that particular interview, CBS must really be in the doghouse, that he's suing the IRS, saying, how dare you guys make that information public? It's nobody's business what I was spending my money on. Nobody's business that you weren't paying your taxes? I mean, 
I'm sorry. You, you, you signed up for something, or at least your father did, by becoming the president of the United States of America. There is an expectation that family members, including his son, pay their taxes. When the president is out there demanding, demanding what? That we all pay more in taxes? I mean, give me a break, people. It's really pretty darn disgusting how they think that there's a set of rules for one group that I guess would be all of us little minions here in America. And there's a totally, totally different set for another group. I mean, that that's the heart of what's going on here. And that's why I think people have just had it. You look at all the polling data, it shows you Americans are so frustrated, so disgusted with our institutions and rightly so. I mean, they should be. I know you are. I know I am. I know you guys don't like Michelle Obama. <laughs> I'm seeing that. Alphonse, good to see you. He's saying, ask dad, the big guy that would be, ask dad, who demands that rich people pay their fair share, right? I mean, that's what we keep hearing over and over and over again. It's just not fair. People aren't paying their fair share. Well, you know what? Your son's making 11 million bucks just off Ukraine by, I'm sorry, it certainly seems by selling your image. I do believe that we have heard that right over and over again. And even though we've heard it, what's incredible to me is that there's no desire, right, to actually change anything. It's like Menendez. He gets a hung trial, a mistrial, and then allegedly is out there the very next day doing the exact same thing. I mean, why? Don't they have any shame? Remember Hunter Biden, the day the very day or two after they had just come up with that sweetheart deal that he wishes he got until that judge blew it apart because she's like, I don't think this is legal. Anyway, what did he do? He went and celebrated at the state dinner for India. Hunter Biden mingling with the crowd as a guest of his father and Jill Biden, the first lady as well there. He's greeting. Yeah, he's greeting everyone. He's like, hi, hi, can we do some business together? I'm back in operation. I mean, again, it's like, there's no sense of decorum. There's no sense of, of pride. It's like they're all on the take. And that doesn't, that doesn't look good for the United States of America. Thank you very much. I like to believe we're something bigger and better than that. I'm still a patriot. I love this country. I love what it represents in terms of opportunity. And in order to preserve that opportunity for everyone... We can't have corruption like that. I mean, this is why people are getting so upset and so mad about what's transpiring right now with all the money that's going to Ukraine. I think the American people, they were with the country initially. A lot of people were. A lot of other countries, I mean, you see Poland pulling out right now. They're like, okay, we're, we're not having it anymore. And, and part of the reason for the deteriorating, deteriorating sentiment is because it's cost so much money on an annual basis a whole lot more than we were spending in Afghanistan. We spent 20 years there, and the amount of money on an annualized basis is significantly more what we're spending right now. And so people are, like, exhausted, and they look at the corruption in the graft that's happening in Ukraine, and they're like, wait a second, no, no, not my tax dollars, not to mention all the lives that are being lost. And so it's that corruption that I think fundamentally just gets at all of us, right? We don't want to be that. We don't need people like Bob Menendez if, as it's been alleged, they are as corrupt as this indictment certainly makes them out to be. We don't need people like Hunter Biden 
who are out there purchasing firearms while they're, you know, his dad is like, no, no, no. Purchasing firearms while on drugs and not bothering to say anything. We don't need people like Hunter Biden that are not registering as foreign lobbyists. By the way, this is this is like out there. Like, I don't even have to say alleged. He was lobbying. He never registered. People go to jail for that. Tom Barrick, for example, right, out in L.A. who didn't need the money that Hunter did. And then on top of that, not paying their taxes. And then the audacity to come back and sue the IRS like it's your fault. I know none of us are necessarily fans of the IRS, but didn't didn't Pop say he was going to employ 80,000 more people so that they could go after all those millionaires and billionaires that weren't paying their taxes? My gosh. Listen, it's great to see all of you. I don't think Michelle Obama can win either. I think she would be a very tough fight, but you're going to see a lot of infighting within the Democrat Party because fairly, like in all fairness, right, it should theoretically go to none other than Kamala Harris. She's next in line. She's female. She's black. And now you're going to tell me, you know, you're going to whiz in the Gavin Newsom's of the world. I don't think that's going to fly, which is why they're talking about, of course, Michelle Obama. But who is a higher negative? I mean, think about that. That might be a toss up. Who do you think is more polarizing? I'll leave you with that question. You can answer in the comments there below. Michelle Obama or Kamala Harris? Oh, let's hope it doesn't come to that. But you know what? I think something's going to happen. I do not think Joe Biden can run. I think all the signs are there. He's ill. He's not who he was. He is an older man for his age, and he's suffering from things that we can't even imagine. And yet they're touting him out there all the time. The poor guy keeps falling. Something's off. Something is indeed off. Great to have you here. Happy Friday, everyone. We'll keep the conversation going through the weekend. Make sure you subscribe. And I'll see you tomorrow.